Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. Okay, let's start from the beginning. One to go. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Verse 3. He will not allow your food to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither sleep nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is your shade. At your right hand, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve me from evil. He shall preserve my soul. The Lord shall preserve my going out and my coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Say amen, somebody. Is that the end of it? Okay. You remember when we all did that song? Ah, I will lift my eyes to the hills from whence come at my help. My help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven how did you sing yours He's thy foot to be moved the Lord that keepeth thee keep at me he will not slumber nor sleep for the Lord for the Lord is my keeper, the Lord, He is my shade upon thy red hand, upon thy right hand. Sunshine of smite thee by day. Not a moon by night, he shall preserve, he shall preserve my soul, even forevermore. My help, my help. Rock, let's do it again. My help, my help, my help, my help, my help, my help, all of my help, all of my help coming from the oh, hallelujah. How many of you how many of you know that all of your help comes from him? You know, there are a lot of people who believe that the outcomes of their lives is as a result of something they have done. But for those of us who are humble enough to admit the fact 
that all of our help comes from him lift your hands and bless him thank him because every help every way you have found progress in life has been the help of God it's been him Bible says it's not of him that will it, nor of him that run it, but of him that shows mercy. It's been the mercy of God. It's been his mercies. The Bible says it's by his mercies that we are not consumed. It's by his mercies. Uh, it's by his mercies. David said, the Lord who delivered me from the lion and from the bear. The Lord who delivered me from the lion and the bear. It is not by your power, it is not by your might, but it is by the Spirit of the Lord. All of your help comes from Him. Ah, uh, uh, yes, yes, yes. All of your help comes from the Lord. All of your help comes from the Lord. All of your help comes from the Lord. Now declare it all of my help, my financial help. Yes, my, my help for my family. Everything comes from the Lord. Everything comes from the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, my rock. So after we'll come back again. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The psalmist says, I will lift up my eyes to the hill. From whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord. That's a contradiction. That's a contradiction. We all sang the song right now. And if we look at the first verse and the second verse, you would find out that there is a contradiction with the first verse. And then with more research, I found out that the first verse, I will lift up my eyes to the heels. Then continuing from verse 2, from whence comes my help? I mean, then verse 2 says, my help comes from the Lord. I saw that I would lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help is a question, not a statement. So what David was actually saying is, will I lift up my eyes to the hills? Because my help is not supposed to come from the hills. So David is saying, but rather my help comes from the Lord. What is the symbol of the hill? The symbol of the hill is that which stands as an obvious means to help you. What presents itself as a real opportunity of life. So David said, will I lift up my eyes to the fact that I have masters? Will I lift up my eyes to the fact that I have a first class? Would I lift up my eyes to the fact that I have skill and I have competence? Will I lift up my eyes to the heel? No, but my help actually comes from God. David was a man who has been helped by God before. I've seen many people who behave as if God never helped them. As if to say everything that they have achieved in life was as a result of all that their power had achieved for them. But people and those of us, those of you who are like me, who is grateful, that knows that without him I can be nothing. We come before the presence of God, I'll come before the presence of God, cliche, religion. We come before the presence of God. We're used to saying it, we're used to saying it. You know what I mean? Uh, as Pastor Victor laughed, I just remembered what Pastor Paul said when he said, look at your neighbor and say, welcome home. 
And I looked at Pastor Victor, I said, which home? Because <laughs> where, where, <laughs> it's not, I don't want to be there yet. I have, I have a lot of time here on the earth, praise God. I, I looked at a friend of mine and I said to him, uh, it was night, we, I think we were in church, and I was just going to say goodnight to him. So I, I didn't know when I said Rest in peace, my brother. <laughs> I didn't know when it came out of my mouth. So I, said, oh, no. so I quickly took it back and I said, rest well. He came back and said, Pastor Phil, Mm-mm. sleep well. Mm-mm. Pastor Phil, good night, not rest well. So I said, what's the problem with rest? Amen. So that rest in peace was a problem. So when Pastor Paul said, look at Geneva and say, welcome home. I looked at Pastor Victor and smiled. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. What was I saying? I don't remember. What was I saying? Oh yeah, the cliche. So when we come in church, when we come before the saints and the gathering of people, we are always here grateful for all that God has helped us achieve. Your help doesn't come from the hills. Your help doesn't come from the mountains. You know, the Israelites in those days, they were very... Um, fortunate to be surrounded by heels. So when they will fight their battles, they will take advantage of the heels. What is the advantage of the heel? That any enemy who is coming against the Israelite, because you are up on the mountain top, you have a vantage position over your enemies. Do you understand what I'm saying? So just because you are up on the hill, it is easier to fight whilst you are uh, uh, higher up than when you are on the same plane. So, but David is saying, based on the fact that help in the form of mountains and hills around Israel has been provided, that is not where truly our help comes from. But our help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. Hallelujah. Let me show you something in Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 23. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 23. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 23. Glory to God. It says, truly in vain. Let's read it together. One to go. Truly in vain is salvation hoped for from the hills and from the multitude of mountains. Mm. Truly in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. So, when you look at the multitude of the mountains, Jeremiah is saying that in vain, somebody say in vain, in vain there is help from the multitude of the mountains. And the mountains are not necessarily a bad thing. I came to tell somebody here this morning, stop looking at your power. Stop looking at the things that you have planned out. That's not how probably God is going to work. Because I sense in my spirit, you know, I was supposed to continue on the mind of Christ, but I felt a prophetic unction for today's service. And, that, and that, that meant to me that I will be speaking speed into the lives of some people here. All right, there are certain things that may have been delayed for a long time. But I, I felt in my spirit to let you know that in vain are your plans and your hopes and your options. That God is about to present a door. A door of opportunity which no man can shut. No man can shut. No man can shut. You know what a door is? A door, actually, a door. A door is an option that goes out of your options. 
Because when you're making your plans, you don't plan the divine hand of God sometimes. Because your plans sometimes are an underestimation of the possibilities of God. Yeah, when you make plans sometimes, you, you, you plan out things and you don't consider the possibilities of God who is able to help and bring supernatural provision for you. And God is about to blow somebody's mind. Oh yes, oh yes, God is about to blow somebody's mind. See, as the words are coming today, I want you to take the words because everything that I am saying today is inspired by the Holy Ghost. So supernaturally, doors are going to be open for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, a door is an opportunity. Now, if you are in the valley of depression, you are in the valley of expectation, you are in the valley of anything, I want you to know that uh, God is about to make a door for you. And, you know, a valley is actually surrounded by two mountains. That's what makes a valley. So a valley is in the middle of two mountains, two high points, and that's what makes a valley. And God is saying that you don't need to climb the mountain to get out of the valley. He's going to present a door. And when you come out of the door, you find yourself out of the valley. That you don't have to climb there because your help is not coming from the mountains. Uh, climbing the mountain is like actually climbing uh, something that you have planned out. Something that your skill, your intellect, your capacity, your ability, ability can work for you. But God is saying that I'm about to present a door. And sometimes doors are, are, are portals that you pass through, which you pass through once in a while. And before the circle of opportunity for a door comes by knocking, it might take another 10 years. That's why we tell people that when you have an opportunity, seize the opportunity within the lifetime of the opportunity. Because you never know when another opportunity will come by. But the door that God is opening is not the type that uh, can open and just close the moment you walk through it. It's the, it's the type that you carry. So anywhere you go, you carry the door with you. Anywhere you are, you have the door with you. So it's a door of opportunity. Glory to God, somebody. And what God is about to do is that he's about to bring you to paths and to places of relevance. That your competence, your skill did not take you there, but it was the path that you are on. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, you are on the highway of destiny already. You're on the highway of destiny. Your path has been prepared. Your path has been proclaimed already. Uh, the Bible says that the path of the just is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. What does that mean? It means that your path actually is what is shining brighter, not really you. Uh, the Bible didn't say that the righteous is shining brighter and brighter, but it says your path shines brighter. That the fact that you're on the path, the path itself is a cause that has a destination with or without your impulse. Oh, I wish you heard what I said. That the path you are on is a, is a path that has a destination. It's a course. Who knows how to swim here? Who knows how to swim? Thou shalt not lie. Lift your hands up if you know how to swim. Who knows how to swim? Alright, who doesn't know how to swim? Somebody said glory. <laughs> Alright, you don't know how to swim? For those of you who, who knows how to swim, no. Who doesn't know how to swim, but knows that if they throw you inside water, you can't die? <laughs> That's my category. So, I can't swim, but I can't die. <laughs> I can't swim and I can't die. I just know that if you throw me inside water, 
Ah. Tayaba. I will float. <laughs> Thank God there's no river in Abuja. Say, man of God, let's go for a test. <laughs> but how many of you know that, for those of you who know how to swim, how many of you know that when you are swimming with a tide or along a course, a direction, it's easier to swim? Even if you can't swim, you know that, right? But if you are swimming against the current, in fact, even the best of swimmers die, right? And you wonder why they die. It's not because they couldn't swim, but it's actually because they were swimming against a cause. And that is how it is when you are on the cause of God's destiny. Do you know what the believer is? The just man is actually on a journey. And it is a journey of, of greatness. Because your path is shining brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. That with or without your impute, that path is actually meant to bring you somewhere. Hey, goodness. No wonder the Bible says that I will present to you a highway of holiness. Can I show you that scripture? In Isaiah chapter 38 verse, sorry, 35 verse 8. Isaiah chapter 35 verse 8. Let's see the King James Version. Isaiah chapter 35 verse 8. Isaiah chapter 35 verse 8. It says, and a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. Now, this is called, in the New Testament, this way of holiness is what the believer is enjoying. Now, look at this, please. It says, the way of holiness, the unclean shall not pass over it. Meaning the unrighteous shall not pass over it. But look at what it says. It says, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, Though fools shall not err. Hold up. What does that mean? That fools will not err on the highway of holiness. What is this saying? That no matter how foolish you are, even if you are on the high, as long as you are on that road, you can't make a mistake no matter how foolish you are. That God calculates where you are going regardless of your stupidity and your sense. He puts your sense and your stupidity together and he brings you to an ultimate destination. That is why I wonder when you pray to make heaven. Forgetting that you are on a highway of holiness. A highway of holiness that is taking you to a destination called heaven. That the moment you receive Christ into your life, you were seated on the, uh, in Christ. Far above principalities and powers. At the right hand of God. So what happened? Could anything have dropped you from that high place? Just because you did something? Can I see another version please? Let me see another version. Um, okay, let's see the NLT version. It says, and a great road will be through that once deserted land. It will be named, what? The highway of holiness evil-minded people will never travel on it which means those who are not righteous who have not received christ by faith but look at what it says it says it will be only for those who walk in god's ways fools will never walk there this version is not correct this translation is not correct you know there's a difference between translation and version translation is not the same thing as a version a version is an original interpretation from the manuscript but a translation is someone's personal interpretation so the niv let's see the okay let's see what the message has to say 
Then we'll check also the living Bible. There will be a highway called the Holy Road. No one road of rebellious is permitted on this road. It's for God's people exclusively. Impossible to get lost on this road. Not even fools can get lost on it. This is another, this is another um, translation. Let's see the living Bible. Let's see the, see the living Bible. Oh, because you thought, hey, see what I, I've done. I've fallen the hand of God mightily. God's hand, I have fallen God's hand. And you feel that you are off the holy road. Oh, there's a song that we love by Theophilus Sunday. I've read on the holy road. Spirit, you're my way. You know, my friend Theophilus is a wonderful spiritual brother. If you listen to his songs, you will feel like praying for hours. That's the kind of grace he has. I met him in worry. Great guy. What does the living Bible say? It says, and a main road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the holy highway. No evil-hearted man or men may walk upon it. God will walk there with you. Even the most stupid cannot miss the way. You are on a path of destiny. I came to announce to you that the blessed life is an assisted life. The blessed life, the blessed life is a life that is not without the help of God. That's a blessed life. If you are always doing things for yourself and by your power, and even if you are achieving results and outcome, that's a curse. You know the prayer, we're going to spend time to pray for like 15 minutes. Not going to be long, I'm not preaching. That's why you see I've left that place. I'm not teaching, I don't have notes. Written. I came out this morning, I'm like, Holy Ghost, fill my mouth. But it says I put the prophetic word. As you speak, the people will hear. And they're going to, they will have a thrust to the next level. But, but here it is, a blessed life is an assisted life. The believer is not supposed to not live without an assistance. No wonder Jesus said that I will send you another comforter. The another comforter is also called a helper. He's a helper because he helps you even with the things that you can do. It's called the blessed life. The blessed life is not without help. Do you do business? Do you have a family? There is help. If you can grapple on the fact that there is, there is someone else who is greater in you that can help you of your stress. I see a lot of believers who are stressed. Now hear me. Stress is demonic. Can I preach? See, see, there are some things that are obviously demonic. Like um, the spirit of infirmity. Give me another spirit. Give me another spirit. The spirit of what? <laughs> so he said foul spirit. <laughs> yeah. The spirit of fear. We bind the spirit of fear. It is obvious it's coming from the devil. We come against the spirit of what? Again. Huh? Depression. It is from the devil. Now, wow. Was that me? We come against. Give me again. Give me another negative. What? Huh? The spirit of setback. And even when the pastor is doing it, he takes a step back. We come against the spirit of setback. But see, there are some things that don't pose themselves as demonic affliction. And one of those things is stress. I was sharing with a few friends of mine. I told I said stress is demonic. As a believer, you should not be stressed. 
There is a difference between stress and hard work. Are you getting what I'm saying? Work is not labor. And grace is not laziness. But there is a difference between stress. When you begin to sense stress in your body, you take authority of stress. I bind you spirit of stress in the name of Jesus. Because it does not be, it's not a part of the framework of God's divine plan. I have a question for you. The Bible says that on the seventh day, God rested. Why did God rest? Is it because he was tired? Can God be tired? Can God be fatigued? God cannot be fatigued, but why did God rest? God rested to show you that rest is a part of the divine framework of God. He said, take my yoke, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So if you look at the framework of God, he believes in supernatural rest. Man was not created to toil. So stress in your body is demonic affliction. You can be, sometimes when the spirit of stress is on you, even when you are not doing anything, you feel stress. Talk to me, somebody. I don't know if you understand what I'm Even when you are not working, you see Paul the apostle who says, for example, I labor more than the other apostles, yet it's not I, you know, that labors, but it's the grace of God that labors. He's saying that I work more than they all, but it doesn't look like I'm working. You are not supposed to be stressed. You're not supposed to be stressed. You know, when you, when you wake up on Monday morning and you feel stress about your job, that's, that's an affliction. Alright, so you take authority. I rebuke the spirit of stress in the name of Jesus. And I release my mind into rest. That's how you take authority. Some other obvious, I mean non-obvious things that the devil throws around is timidity. You know, and it hides under the uh, very posh way that we say it. I'm shy. That's a demonic affliction. You have no idea. Look, look. Shyness is not a part of the fruit of the spirit. Talk to me, somebody. Shyness. No. There is boldness. If one of the marks of the anointing is boldness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the marks of the Spirit of God upon you. The Bible says that the apostles began to declare the gospel with boldness. When they prayed and the Holy Ghost filled the room. And where they were praying was shaking. Everywhere was shaking. And what was the next thing that followed after the filling of the Holy Spirit? Boldness. Didn't you see Peter? A small girl came to meet Peter and said, Aren't you the master's disciple? Peter denied Jesus. That is, oh God, have you ever been betrayed? Somebody, that is koro koro. Somebody betrays you and denies you face to face. You know, your first reaction is silence with a dropped open mouth. Because you don't even know how to respond to that. Peter denied Jesus. Timid because of the statement of a three-year-old girl. But when the Holy Ghost came upon Peter... <laughs> on the day of Pentecost when he was filled with the Holy Spirit he came out and he said you men he began to address everybody the Bible says 3,000 people received Christ that day he spoke with boldness you are in the office and you are saying you are shy and what is your excuse I'm not a forward person I'm the behind person now you are there and people who have wrong agendas are running your company because people like you are not rising and you think that it's noble to be behind. Now, I'm not saying that every time you should always... You know, there's a difference between being bold and being loud. There are some people who talk a lot, but they are not talkatives. Talk to me, somebody. 
What is the spirit of quietness here? <laughs> I said there are some people who, you know, so, so the, the fact that you yarn all the time, sometimes that doesn't make you a talkative. And sometimes your quietness is a disadvantage to you because you don't know how to take what is yours. The Bible says, upon Mount Zion there shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness and the sons of Jacob will possess their possession. You can't say because I'm shy. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a manifestation of the demonic affliction of the saints of God in these in this times. Look, the blessed life is a life that is not without help. Your life must be assisted by supernatural influences. People should look at you and know that there is help on this one's life. It is called the blessed life. <laughs> Did you remember the feasts, the seven feasts that I taught you before? When I taught you that feast, I think it was two years ago, I was saying to you that there are seven feasts, and one of the first feasts is the feast of Passover. Do you remember? And after the feast of Passover, we have the feast of unleavened bread. After the feast of unleavened bread, we now have the feast of first fruits. After the feast of first fruits, we have the feast of Pentecost. What is the feast of Passover? The feast of Passover is celebrated by the Jews because they must remember how God commanded the angel of death to walk through the land of Egypt. But because of the blood on the lintel, he says, when I see the blood, I'll do what? I will pass over. So he passed over. So from that time, the children of Israel always celebrated the feast of Passover. And there were different kinds of bread that were celebrated while the feast was going on. The bread that they celebrated at the feast of the Passover is called the unleavened bread. What is an unleavened bread? An unleavened bread is a bread without yeast. For those of our sisters who like to bake here, say amen. Okay. So that means there are a handful of us that bake. Faith, please say amen with me. This is one of the best, one of the um, top-notch, one of the most anointed bakers in Abuja. If you've not tasted her cake, try her cake out. When you take it, your life will never remain the same again. If you take faith's cake, if you, yeah, for saying amen, I'm giving you free publicity, amen, yeah. If you take Fuela's cake, you will fall under the power. Shata alaba. No, but for real, her cake is good. <laughs> amen. Her cake is very good. Her cake is very good. For those of you who bake, you understand that if you put yeast, it makes the bread what? Rise, swell. So what does, what does that mean? It means that um, the rising of the bread is helping the bread to what? To rise. Is that correct? You, I mean to swell, right? What, what, what did I just say? The yeast I mean. So you know when your mind has gone ahead of you. I want to listen to what I said. Don't say it back to me, what I said. The yeast in the bread is helping the bread to yeast. <laughs> Alright, so you all get the picture, right? During the Passover, Jesus took unleavened bread. That is bread 
without yeast. So that means the bread they ate was a flat bread. There was no rising of that kind of bread. And the presence of yeast in the Bible speaks of sin many times, man of God. You understand that? So, but I also think that more importantly, apart from yeast, meaning sin, it also means help. Yeah, it also means help. So, the bread is without help because it has no yeast. So, when we celebrate the Passover, we are saying that the lamp, which is the Passover, cannot be held. We're saying that the one who will be slaughtered, the one who will be killed, nobody can help him. That is why, even the times where Jesus, before the season of the Passover, right, he had angelic assistance. He was in the wilderness. He was in the garden. And there were times where he would be fatigued. And the Bible says that the angel of God will come and strengthen Jesus. There were other times where he was in the garden of Gethsemane, right? And when he prayed, the Bible says that he had hemohydrosis. Hemohydrosis means that blood begins to come out from his sweat pores. What does that mean? He was sweating blood. But scripture says that he will receive help from angels. Angels will come and help him. But the moment it was time for the Passover, it was a moment of partaking bread without yeast, where the bread doesn't swell. Symbolic of the fact that the lamp cannot be helped. That no matter how you try to help Jesus at that time, he could not receive help. Even him could not help himself out of the crucifixion plan. No wonder he said to the father, It is not my will, but your will be done. Pilate tried to help Jesus. But Pilate, he said, Don't you know that if I want, I will call legions of angels, which is help from above, to help me. So my help will not come from you but i don't want help because help is not the program of god for this dispensation called passover why because the lamb must be led like one who is going to the slaughter even the one who says he's a good man he's a good man if jesus had answered the question of Pilate, right sometimes the bible will say that he was quiet when they asked him questions why was he quiet because if he opened his mouth Pilate will use his authority to free jesus his wife woke up with a revelation one day saying that I had a dream that this man is a good man. Anybody who touches him, he came back and he washed his hands because Pilate had the authority to free Jesus. But you could not free the lamb at that time because it was the season of Passover. So the lamb was without help. When it came to the time of the first fruit, what is the dispensation of the first fruit? It was the time where Jesus was raised up. That is the season, the dispensation of the first fruit. That he will be the firstborn amongst many brethren. So he will be the prototype of you and I who are called as sons unto glory. So when Jesus was raised up by God, right? You know, we always said that Jesus rose up from the grave. That's actually true, but it's not the full truth. The full truth is the fact that he was raised, not that he rose up. It was God who rose him up. Oh, yeah. It was God who rose Jesus up. He had done his own part. I will come to that at the end of the message. Now, the first fruit speaks of the fact that he will be the firstborn. And at that point, nobody could touch Jesus. That when he looked like a gardener, looked like a gardener, looked like a gardener, it takes a gardener to present 
the one who looks like a gardener, to present the first fruits. It's you, it's you guys connecting with my story. It takes a one who is like a gardener to pack the grains and the first fruit and present it. That is why when the, when the lady who came to the tomb saw Jesus, they said he looked like a gardener. He had changed form. Ooh. He had changed form. And when he changed form, he was about to be touched. He said, don't touch me because I'm about to present myself, my blood to the Father. How can Jesus say, don't touch me? Isn't this the Jesus who loves to touch people? Why? Because the dispensation had switched from Passover to first fruit. So he said, don't touch me. Anywhere he went, you know, we did that song every time. Anywhere he went, oh, he was doing good. The almighty healer who was touching people, who was laying hands on people, who was, you know, he loved the multitudes. The multitudes loved him. He wasn't running away from people. But the Bible says at the time of the first fruit, he said, don't touch me because it's not yet time. But what is the next dispensation after that? It is the Pentecost. The Pentecost was the coming of the Holy Spirit. And at this time, there is a contradistinction between the Pentecost and the Passover. What is the difference? It is saying that the bread you eat on the day of Pentecost or celebrating the Pentecost, which is 50 days after the Passover, is the bread that has yeast in it. <laughs> I want people to preach ahead of my words. That is the bread you partake, if you read Leviticus, it says that on the Pentecost celebration of the feast, you partake of a bread that has yeast in it. What is this saying? Is that in this dispensation, whether you like it or not, you must be helped. That it is easier to be helped. Why? Because the blessing of God in you uh, cannot be exhausted. It will exhaust your lifetime. Yeah, because the blessing will outlive you. So there is so much to grapple on. If you had the opportunity to live a thousand years, hear me people of God, if you have the opportunity to live a thousand years, it will not be enough to take hold of what the Holy Ghost in you can give you. And what am I saying? I'm saying to you that every waking morning, every day is an opportunity to, by the help of the Holy Spirit, receive the abundance of God. And when God begins to give you his abundance, he's not in short supply. Because he's called the El Shaddai, the multi-breasted one, the one who feeds you with milk every day. And he doesn't run short of milk. That is, there is no change with God. There is always intact supply. Aye. So in the day of Pentecost, it is, the, it is the time of the harvest. So at the dispensation of the harvest, you need help. And it is called the blessed life because you must be helped. Why? In these times, right? In these times where you and I are in, I want you to know that everything about your aspiration, your dream, your impact, if without the help of the Holy Ghost, you are not running. You will be one who is having outcomes by your power. And look, those outcomes can be in millions. Oh. The outcomes by your power can be in millions. We are talking about billions. 
We are talking about wealth that is for the nations, that is coming from one individual. We are talking of those who are blessed and they are called like the oak, that they stand. And when you plant them, for many years, you don't see them sprout up, but rather than growing up, they are growing down. Because they have to root before they sprout. Aha, aha. So in the dispensation of the Pentecost, he's saying that you cannot be but without help. Why? Like I said to you before, it is easier to do big things now than to do small things. Because you have help. So for those of you who come with your small minds, and all you are praying to God for is the little thing in your mind and the little thing in your head that you want God to achieve, God is saying, I will surpass it more. I will blow your mind. Yes, he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you think or imagine. He's saying that I can do much more than you are asking for. Who here is ready to have the help of the Holy Ghost? It is the help of God that distinguishes you. Now hear me. This is different from your seed, your sowing, and your planting. I am talking about the rain. Yeah, he says in the last day. In the days of the summer rain, in the days of the latter rain, ask the Lord for rain. Yes, I have taught you before. Speak it until you see it. Declare it until you see it. Prophesy it until you see it. I know there is that part, but there is a dimension that you need to understand exists, which is the sovereignty of God. That as you are speaking it and you are declaring it, there is the sovereignty of God that just scatters your speaking, your asking, and he gives you more than you are asking, more than you are seeking. It's called the rain. It's called the rain of God. Now, we're talking about that rain. That rain is about to flood on people. That rain. Now, see, pray for rain, no? The difference between greatness, global impact, and personal prosperity is rain. (laughs) see in your lifetime pray that rain hits you remember that the bible says he makes the rain fall on the just and the unjust so you say oh pastor he's not a believer but why is he prosperous like this me who is a believer i confess the word of god why don't i have prosperity like the unbeliever it is simple because god makes the rain fall it is god still on both the just and the unjust what is the rain the rain is the point of surrender that after the farmer has planted seed and he has dug the seed into the ground and the moment the rain begins to come the farmer lifts up his hands to heaven and he says now it is not up to my planting or up to my sowing or up to my personal watering but it is up to God who gives rain now it is up to him and the soil and he takes over from there. There is the takeover God who takes over by his sovereignty. Ah, Pastor Chibuzo, I asked myself a question. Why is it that after the, 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 the disciples, the apostles received the Holy Ghost, why were they still asking God to do something? Because I read Acts chapter 4 verse 30. It says that you will stretch your mighty hands. But I thought we have the Holy Ghost. So there is that place of asking God to give us rain. Hey, Look, when the rain hits your life, uh, small, he says, he says, he says, oh, that's scripture. I think it's in Isaiah chapter 15. I can't I really can He says, where he says that um, when the spirit of God comes from on, on high, that, that the, the, the fruitful field will become a, that the field will become a fruitful field. And the fruitful field, 
becomes a forest. He says, when the Spirit of God comes upon high. So he's saying that the rain, the former and the latter rain, because in the land of Israel, for those of you who have traveled to Israel before, you know that Israel is not a very fertile ground. Okay? So they, they depend on rain. They depend on rain to be productive and fruitful. If you look at their grounds, their grounds are parched because of the scorchness, the harshness of the weather and the sun. So there is what we call the former and the latter rain in Israel. The former rain is the one that comes around the time of August, September, uh, August, September, October. That's when the former rain comes. And people can quickly have vest and plant up until the end of the year. Then the latter rain is the one that comes at the end, which is the next year, which is around April. It's called the summer rain. But it's also called the latter rain. Now, the scriptural interpretation of that is that the Holy Spirit will come uh, on the day of Pentecost, which is the former rain. And the latter rain is the one Jesus spoke of. That out of you will flow rivers of living water. That apart from the coming of the Holy Spirit that is on you and on the church and on the body of Christ now, there is the gushing torrents. Yeah, yeah. There is a gushing torrent out of the believer. It's called the former rain. Now you have help. Ooh, you have help. I just remember the story of Noah. How did the boat, the ark of Noah float? How did it float? The ark of Noah. How did it float? It floated by the instruction of God to Noah saying, build an ark. Noah took calculations. Calculations by revelations of how the design of the ark should be. Question. Had there been rain at any time before that? The answer is no. Sometimes when God is giving you an instruction and there are no evidences of what he has said, you better follow God because the rain is coming. I don't know who I'm talking to here. The rain is coming and that rain is about to surprise you. That rain is a global move. Pastor Chibuzo, you know, I just feel drawn to you right now this morning. I feel man of God, like I've been saying to you, this is not what of, this is what me and you have discussed before. Pastor Chibuzo is going to be a man who has global relevance and impact. Watch it. Watch it. Just like we have all the guys who do, who manufacture um, Facebook, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. That's the way, that's Pastor Chibuzo. Out of him is going to come witty invention. Now, there are some of you who are sitting down hearing the sound of my voice. You have in you what belongs to the nations. Where the fulfillment of the scripture is that your leaves are for the healing of the nations. You are the one I'm talking about. And if you trust God for rain, after you have done your part, he's about to take you from where your ability stops. And he will further it and he will begin to bring you to the place of surplus and abundance. That the nations are calling for you. So I'm here to prophesy speed on your feet right now. I'm here to prophesy that you are not without help. Why? Because the blessed life cannot be without help. It is a life that has the assistance of the Holy Ghost. Anywhere the disciples were, there was the, there was the fundamental working of angelic activity. One of the ways you knew that the anointing was on someone is that he had power over the universe. He could control natural orders. He could speak to the rain. He could speak to the wind. He could speak to the cloud. He could command the stars to obey him. And you saw snippets of these anointings in the old covenant. Um, Joshua saying to the son, stand still. You see where Isaiah prophesied to the guy called Hezekiah. And the Bible says that the, the sun dial turned by 15 degrees backwards. So you see people had control of times. When Israel was about to go to battle, you will see that the trees were fighting their enemies. 
They were not fighting by themselves. The moment David sensed the hand or the move of God, he knows that it is time. So he will not go to battle without the help of God. So you hear David say, shall I overtake? Shall I recover? And the moment God says, fire down. There is no devil. There is no body that can stand against Israel. Because the sun, the moon, the stars, every element that is natural, that is of God. Because the Bible says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. They will fight for them. And when we sang the song, we said the sun shall not smite thee by day. Not the moon by night. We are saying that the sun of righteousness who has arisen with healing in his wings. Has taken you over the domain of every natural element. That they have no choice but to work for you. And they will say of you, who is this man? That even the wind and the storm obey him. You are the one I'm talking about Lift your hands up and receive the help of the Holy Ghost. You have supernatural help. You have divine assistance. Divine assistance. Divine assistance. Divine assistance. There is somebody here. You've been struggling for too long. Every narrative of your life has been struggle. Struggle from one struggle to another struggle. You seem to know what you are doing, but you don't have the outcome of what you know. Now, I came to announce to you, your story will be that you are a woman God has helped. I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are. But the first chapter of your life is when you are writing the narrative of your life. You will not be able to put your efforts together with your outcomes. Why? Because you are a man God has helped. That is your story. That is your story. Look at Noah. Look at Noah. Genesis chapter 7 verse 11. Genesis chapter 7 verse 11. It says, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken. So before the boat will float, before the boat will float, the Bible says that the fountains of the great deep were broken up. And the windows of heaven, this is the rain I'm talking about. This is the rain I'm talking about. That rain right we are already in the rain it is time for you to plunge in okay because you must know that there is the part of god which is sovereign right it is it is not i'm not not talking i'm saying god do for me what i can do for myself that's the rain i'm talking about that's the thing i'm talking about so before the boat will float there was the breaking out of the deep right the fountains of the great deep were broken so it means water came from the ground lifted the boat up and there was also water from on top which was rain that sustained so that rain fell for 40 days and 40 nights lifting the boat some of you are going to have boat floating miracles see see how do i know that noah's boat floating experience was assisted by god because the bible says that when they walked into the ark that god by himself shot the ark it was god who closed the ark because he designed that this ark will not be sustained by natural falling of rain in fact there was no rain that had fallen before that time what happened before the time of noah was that water came from the ground right dew came from the ground this is genesis chapter 7 way back way back way back but the time rain was about to flood the earth I sense that there is a rain, right? Just like Elijah said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. What does this mean? How do you plunge into this? You will stay in the place of prayer. See, when it is God's 
season of your life, what do you do? God's season already instructs you that it is the time to pray. Now, when you come into prayer because you sense the seasons of God, what do you do? You open up your own season. So the seasons are already there, but the seasons are instructing you to pray. You'll be like Jeremiah who says, the harvest, right, has passed right um um, um the, the the harvest is here the, the the salvation is but yet we're not saved and it is saying to people who don't know how to take advantage of their seasons but i know there are people here who will take advantage of your seasons right because god is about to flood you with rain now this flooding with rain is going to open you up your life is about to be exposed to abundance i'm talking about multi-generational wealth consider your aspirations consider your family we're going to pray now. Consider your life. Consider your dreams. Um, consider your, your impact. Consider everything. We're going to take time to pray. Two factors here. Since the great deep was broken up, what is this great deep? Your ability to pray. Because out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. Yeah? So it says the great deep were broken up and then the windows of heaven what is the nature of prayer? The nature of prayer is that you start to pray and then you are assisted after you have started to pray. So there is your will. That's why Paul said, I will pray with the understanding. I will pray with the spirit. So there is your will to pray. But after you have started to pray, there is one who, who takes on your infirmities. Yeah, because you can't help yourself, but he helps you in the areas of your infirmities while you are praying. So at the time you begin to pray, you become assisted in the place of prayer. That assistance you have in the place of prayer is the rain. But you see, as you open up the gushing torrents, that is your, your, own, personal, um, your own personal seeding and sowing. But you see that rain, that is where God takes over. No wonder the Bible says that Paul plants Apollo's waters, but it's God who gives the increase he's the one who gives the rain i know you have planted i know you have watered but wait for the rain i know you have labored in the word you've told me say pastor i have been sitting on the word i've seen many people who you know they have been faithful in little and remained little and you wonder why are they still little the bible does not guarantee that just because you are faithful in little you have much He's saying that because you are faithful in little, you will be faithful in much. But what brings the much? It's not the faithfulness, it's the rain. There is the part of God where you have to reserve for him that he takes over where your ability stops. It's called the rain. The dying of Jesus on the cross, when he died, it was the seed. That was the seed. <laughs> so let's do an interview on Jesus right now. Hi, Jesus. You've been in Hades for two days, two nights now. What is it going to be? Jesus says, I know I'm going to rise up, but guess what? My father will raise me up because I have to depend on the help of my father. No wonder the Bible says, this day have I begotten you. It says, thou art called my son. And today, it was God who begot Jesus. It was God who raised him up. So Jesus will have to depend. By himself, he laid down his life. But not by himself, he came up. It was by the help of the Father.
I see people rising. Oh yes, I see people rising. And you're not rising, not without help. So you might be here listening to me. You have nobody to help you. No connection. Hear me. Connection is not the point. It is not by connection that you will come to this place of impact that I'm talking about. The place of impact you are coming to is without who you know, or with who you know, with or without. I sense the deep breaking out on your behalf. Heaven is about to shut down just because of your case. Things are about to happen just because of you. If you have looked down on yourself, don't look down on the Holy Ghost inside of you. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can read to me all your disadvantages in life. You can read to me all the places where are the so-called mountains, the so-called obstacles. But I came to present to you, uh, yes, a dispensation of the season of God's help. And that season of God's help is here for somebody. That season now, keep the tongue in your mouth right now. Because as you pray in the Holy Ghost, we are going to run. We are going to let the deep break out of our bellies. And as that deep begins to break, there is the rain that is coming. Now, for your aspirations, for your dreams, for your heart, the, your impact, your life, yeah, from one bill to another, get ready for divine help, oh my sister. Get ready for supernatural help. Get ready. You've been, you can't, you, you've been depending on your skill for too long. Come on. I'm not talking about skill. That you can sing. You're not the only one that can sing. That you can write. You're not the only one that can write. That you have connection. You're not the only one that knows the, the man. But I'm talking about divine help. Do you have proposals? Do you have contracts? Do you have businesses? Do you have a ministry that you are called to run? Get ready for the rain. Get ready for the rain. Get ready for the rain. The Bible says you will ask him. <laughs> you would ask him for the rain in the days of the latter rain. You would ask him for the rain in the time of the latter rain. And God is about to flood his attention of favor over your life. I don't know who you are, but over your life, there is going to be the flooding of God's attention of favor. Yes, 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 yes. Now, open your mouth and begin to cry out for his help. You need his help. You, you are nothing without his help. You can't do anything without his help. You can't do, you can't live, you can't be without his help. You are called to be assisted by the Holy Ghost. So I will send you another comforter. I prophesy on your path that your path is leading you to greatness. I prophesy on your path that your path is leading you to prosperity. Your path is leading you to well-being. Your path is leading you to everything that God has said about you. There might have been delays, but that delay is not denial. That delay is not a stoppage. I feel the Holy Ghost on somebody here. What is it that you are asking for? Now let me address all the impossible situations, all the impossible cases. The impossible is about to become possible right now. I came to announce to you right now, you are hearing the sound of the preacher. This is the season of the Pentecost. You are not without help. My brother, my sister, hear me all. You are not without the help of God. Hey, somebody is about to break a lineage of 
penury, a lineage of poverty, a lineage of average, a lineage of depression, a lineage of anger, a lineage of sin, a lineage of unbelief. And you are coming into the possibilities of God. You are coming into the rightful possibilities of the Holy Ghost. You are about to break open into the city. You are about to break open into the nations. It is your turn. You are the one God wants to favor. You are the one God has called. You are the one he has chosen. You are the one he has decided. Thou will arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor Zion. The set time is now. Hey, TSP, rise up. Rise up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. This is your season. This is your season. This is your hour. This is your moment. Somebody is breaking records right now. Somebody is breaking generational records. I don't know who you are, but enough is enough. Behold, I will set a door which no man can shut. I'm setting a door which no man can shut. I hear with my spirit, you are here without a job. Get ready for supply. You are here without a job. Get ready for supernatural supply. Get ready for supernatural direction. You are here without a job. Get ready for favor. Favor on your path. 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 Lift your hands and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Hey, kate kate, shabanda bakata, ribanda bakato, zida makate, shabanda bayakate, rapakubaya, zibanda bakate, shabandi galulaba, zida balubali, eyalama shaka, eyalama nawakashana yalaba, yalama shana yagana no 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 now hear me everybody do you know what you're going to do for me right now you're going to begin to declare i break out of the ordinary because you live a blessed life i break out of the ordinary i break out into the supernatural i break out into divine assistance i break out into the divine help of god this concludes this message Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.